praise the Lord. Now, you know, I didn't plan on any of that necessarily. And I certainly don't plan to be moved into emotion. I, I actually rather don't like that in front of people. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is it's just so amazing. And these songs, like, you know, so often we, we hear these Christmas songs. Actually, people get annoyed by Christmas songs a lot, which I get. Um, you know, but uh, the, some of these songs were really written, and they're amazing worship songs. We could do them any day of the week. It didn't, or any day of the week. We don't have to just do them at Christmas time. And sometimes in my household, we will hear them throughout the year. Or some, but you know, uh, it's just amazing when you think about what God has done for you and, and and what He has given us. And really, that's what these these things attest to. And and so I think it's a wonderful thing for us to have that remembrance. And that song, how many? I mean, Kings, you know, we heard it just uh, a handful of years ago, really. Um, I think it came out, and um, it just, it, it was, it's a, just an amazing song for, for doing that. So that's one, one reason why we always like, or we, not always, we didn't, we don't always include it, but we do like to include it. And, you know, like I said, I didn't know if I was going to, if we were going to do it at all, but it just seemed right and fitting, uh, fitting to, to put it in there. And so praise the Lord for it. But, you know, I just want to reiterate, reiterate what my wife said. And just thank everybody, you know, for everything, not just not just the gifts that anyone has given us in this season or this time, but really, you know, just just being with us throughout the year and, and pressing through. And, you know, our, each one of us has has different uh, giants that we face throughout the year or throughout our lives, you know, and, and some of them, you know, some of them seem like they never end. But I, I just, you know, there's nothing. And this is one of the greatest reasons why we do uh, Christmas morning church when we have it on Christmas. You know, it was years ago that we... Um, we were uh, we weren't pastors, and one of the pastors in the family churches was having a Christmas service. Our pastor was not, but one was, and it was just such a refreshing time for us, you know. And even when we weren't pastors, it was a refreshing time to come together. And I just, you know, as I came in here today, I just, you know, I sensed the energy. I felt the, you know, the the the, the joy of the people, and so so thankful for everybody who came out. But thankful for all all that you guys have done all through the year. That you guys continue with us. That you, you know, you bear up under pressure, even when it seems sometimes so difficult. Even when it sometimes seems like you can't go much more. But you've made it through. Praise the Lord. We made it through 2022, uh, and we're we're going on to 20. 23. Amen. And I, I, and I, I'm not speaking that prophetically, but I think we can grab onto it and <laughs> at least make it on over into, uh, 2023. Glory to God. But, uh, God does has good, have good things for us. Amen. And we have to, we have to re keep ourselves in remembrance of that. Praise the Lord. And, and if there's, I don't know if there's anybody online, but if there's anybody online, you know, we welcome you to, uh, in, in, in this morning, or if you're not part of our church, you're as much a part of our family and we love you and, and, and pray God's highest and best for you as well. So thank you for, for tuning in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we've been on a series, and that series has been called A New Nature. So today's is uh, part four of that. I don't know if we'll go further than this or not. I just, I didn't even know I was going to preach this one, actually. Uh, you know, I, I, I've had my heart, I've had kind of an outline idea, so, so, uh, so to speak, you know, of what I've been ministering. But, uh, uh, you know, I really endeavor to just minister by the Holy Spirit, amen? And, and what I mean by that is that I seek Him, and if it, can change, if it changes, it changes. Sometimes it adapts and goes in different directions, and I believe there's reasons for that. But 
you know, over the last few days, really, the Lord has, has been dealing with me on different things, and I didn't realize that he was connecting all the dots until really yesterday afternoon. And I said to my wife yesterday morning, I said, I still don't have, have the final, or at least the, the Christmas message yet. And, you know, I was like, and she, of course, she knows how to respond. She always says, but you will, you know, and I, I believed it. But, you know, it was in a moment where all of a sudden that the Lord brought all these things that he's been showing me over days, really, and weeks and months and actually years he's brought all these things kind of and wrapped them up into this this message today and so uh you know uh there, there's a lot to that and a lot for that and sometimes that's the way god does things you know so often we want to put god in a box and we say well he needs to do it this way or hope he does it this way or whatever but god's going to do it the way god does it and if we're open to him showing us it's amazing and, and it's it's exciting this life that we get to walk amen uh, just yesterday, the thing that kind of put the, the topping on the cake for me that made me realize it was my wife had to stop at the store. We, do, we have a, a Christmas Eve tradition in our household because we couldn't always have the boys on Christmas, uh, Christmas Day. And so we started this Christmas Eve tra uh, tradition years ago where we would go to breakfast and go to coffee on Christmas Eve morning. And so really, for, in a lot of ways, um, you know, our Christmas really, really does start yesterday. Um, and then we, you know, we have a party in the evening and stuff. But we uh, were stopping at a store after breakfast yesterday and there was this one building that I liked near where we were and I just like you know I was just inspired to get up and, and go take a picture of it and you all know the weather was was awful and it was super cold but I got out and walked across the parking lot anyways and uh, I took a picture and as I turned around there was a rock and on that rock was written a scripture and that scripture was the scripture them leading off to uh, off with with this service and you know I, I didn't know it at that moment Moment, but that scripture, I just really, and I, I went through the translations to, to see which translation it was because, you know, every translation will read them just a little bit differently. But I figured out which one it was. Um, I had a guess. I was, I think it was my third guess, and we got there. Amen. But, uh, and we'll get into that. But today's message is a new, uh, new nature part four. Uh, we're talking about part, being partakers of the divine nature. In other words, being partakers of God, being partakers of heaven, being partakers of who God is. And, and you know, we, we looked over there in, 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 was it Second Peter, I think, or First Peter? I can't remember. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we looked over there and we saw how that we are made to be partakers of, of, of the divine nature. And, uh, you know, there's so much in that, so much in that that we could preach. But I'm trying to stay in a vein that the Lord would have us for today. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And just so you know, I did have, uh, uh, my mom brew up some coffee. So if there's anyone who wants to stay after, there's absolutely zero obligation, of course. But we just decided we're going to hang around for a few minutes if anybody wants to. And just, just the fellowship or whatever, have some coffee if you want to. If not, feel uh you're free to leave, um, and we will lock the church up. Don't worry about that, any of our helps or anything like that. So if you've got stuff, you know, don't feel like, all oh, the pastors are staying, I have to stay. It's nothing like that. We, we're not saying that at all, but we just wanted to be here for, for everybody a little bit more. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. But as we get into this, this message, um, and, and it'll become clear in a minute more what, what, what I'm talking about, you know, there's some things that we need to understand about this flow of God, the things of God. You know, in life, I was thinking about this. Actually, this, this, this part came to me first thing this morning as I was coming out of sleep. There's so much standard protocol in life, isn't there? 
You know, there's so many things that we have to do, right? There's so many things that, that just, it just seems like it, you know, it, it'll bog you down and take your time, take your mind, praise the Lord, it'll take all kinds of things. And, and really, it's unavoidable. There's all kinds of things out there. So I'm not blaming you, and certainly you shouldn't blame you either, amen? But there's so many things that we have to do. If we don't find out how, how to rest in God, we will never know true victory. We will never partake of his nature. So this message is about rest, but it's about rest in God. And when I say rest, I, 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 uh, it's not, um, we're, we're, we're not going to be talking about taking a nap, uh, although that could be included. It, and I'm not saying that's that, but that's not what it is. I'm not saying you have to take more naps, and I'm not saying that you have to get eight hours of sleep a night, um, although that might benefit you and may benefit you well. Um, you know, sometimes that's not possible and stuff. And so, uh, but there's a way, uh, you know, that we can go at life in true godly rest. And really, this is the culmination, I think, of whether or not we go on with a series of messages or not. This is a culmination of where we uh, really understanding of what, what we need to get to where we, uh, we're getting to. Of course, we talked about knowledge. We talked about faith. Praise the Lord. We talked about generosity and these other areas where, where God has given us to partake of his nature. But rest uh, is sometimes one of the most overlooked things that God has given us. Yeah. Rest is something that God has ingrained in us and taught his disciples that it was important. Uh, we see it woven all throughout scripture and really, again, you can sleep without being rested. Has anyone done that? Yeah. You had a night's sleep and maybe you slept all night long, but you got up and you felt like you haven't slept an ounce, you know? And a lot of times that comes from stress or that comes from trials or different things. But see, it's the true rest of God that leads us into a place of being able to partake of his nature because his nature is rest. You know, one of the names of God in the Old Testament, one of the things he called himself was Jehovah Shalom, which literally means God of peace. Uh, in fact, it's a greeting with the Jews, I believe, that they would say shalom to each other, and, and shalom means peace, and they're saying peace be on you, you know, or peace be with you, peace go with you. This is an, uh, often a prayer. And, you know, when something is done often, sometimes we can overlook it really easily and not really think about it. You know, um, you, you remember the scripture, we're not going there this time, over there in Luke, peace on earth, yeah. right? Peace on earth is what was proclaimed when Jesus was coming. And what is that? That's rest. That's true rest for believers. Now, you can look for this rest in the world, but you won't find it. You can look for this rest in, in people of the world, but you'll never find it. People in the world don't know that. Maybe they sleep, you know, 20 hours a day, but they still don't know rest until they know God's peace. Amen. And so we're going to be talking about God's rest today. And the scripture that we're going to lead off with is found over there in Mark. So let's go ahead and I'm not going to open my Bible because mine's NASB. We're going to bring this up in the NIV version, but you're welcome to go there. Mark 6.31. But even if you go there in your Bible, if you don't have an NIV, I really want you to hear what this says here, because there, there, there's a word, you know, sometimes uh, in translations, there's different ways they, they come up with translations, but they're all kind of, the good translations, they all have the same purpose. And the purpose is to get the understanding of what God wants to say over to people. Amen? And so if you read the NASB or a New King James Version, even if you read the King James Version, we'll give you a little slide there, but even if you read the King James Version, if you read the NIV Version, the purpose behind them is all the same, and that's what's most important. You know, one of God's main purposes in delivering us the Word is not that we would have the specific language down, but that we would have His language down. In other words, that we would be able to read the Word in a way that we could understand 
what God wants to say to us. Because when you can understand God in the word that you read, you'll understand God when you get the word in your heart. Amen? And the NIV says here, it says, Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And that's the phrase that really stood out to me. That was engraved on a rock. It was actually on a church in, in, down in Westfield. Come, away with, uh, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And folks, this is really the heart of what Jesus has done. This is what God has done for us. As he's saying, come away with me and find rest. And you, you know, this idea of rest is, again, is not just slumbering. It's not just sleeping. It's just not naps or, or, or certain hours of sleep per night. But it's a place of true contentment. This is what Paul talked about when he said, uh, when, when, when he said that I've learned in whatever state I'm, I'm in to be content. Yeah. What he was saying is, no matter what happens in my life, I have learned to enter rest. And that rest that he's talking about is God's rest. God's rest is, is not circumstantial. God's rest comes despite circumstances, and God's rest is what we need to be victorious in life. If we can't get through to the other side until we understand what it's like to rest in God. And I couldn't think of a more perfect fitting message for a Christmas service, praise the Lord, than to talk about exactly what God would have for us to do. Rest is a place of faith. Rest is what true faith is. In fact, if you're truly in faith, you'll be in rest. Again, you'll be in that place where, 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 where it's not that you don't feel anything. And I really want to get this clear that, you know, when bad things happen in life, we're going to feel it. You know, if, if, if we have somebody, uh, somebody close to us that passes or if we have some kind of, you know, a job loss or God forbid some horrible tragedy happen, you know, as, as, as many people even have, have experienced, even in this, this Christmas season, you know, there's people, um, I just read the, uh, uh, last night or this morning, I read that, the, you know, a few people up in, in the Buffalo area died as a result of this storm that came. And so obviously that's not a, a good thing that they're dealing with, uh, you know, these things come at people in life. People know how to be successful in life. There's lots of areas where it's easy to be successful in life. You can go get a job, you can go to school, you can uh, get a job and the right thing and make lots of money, but that doesn't nece necessarily mean that you'll have peace operating in your life. That doesn't mean that you will be able to rest in this life. And this is what God has called us to, amen? Uh, that, that, that no matter what happens in life, and this is what the world needs. This is what the world's looking for. You know, what the church should have offered people uh, during the pandemic instead of a bunch of opinions is they should have offered them rest. Yeah. What the church should offer people that are going through trials where, they, where, where, where they're tempted to abort their child, not understanding the ramifications of that, what they need is to learn about rest. Yeah. You know, because the only reason that people do things like this is because they're scared. When people, you know, they're tempted to go out and do things that they shouldn't do, what they need to know about is God's rest. Yeah. I remember there was a time in my life that I would, I would overindulge in certain substances, substances, and they were always different substances, but I would do so all for the same reason, to get my mind to a place where it wasn't hurting, to get my heart to a place where it didn't care. And that's why people do things like that. You know, my wife being a school teacher, and I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to go into to any kind of details, but, but my wife being a school teacher deals with kids all the time. And what she sees, uh, you know, what she's seeing in school, she's seeing all the stuff you see on the news. 
But you know what she's not seeing? She's not seeing, you know, uh, she's not seeing uh, issues with, with uh, uh, you, you know, these spe specific problems um, as a whole. She's seeing a, a, a commonplace, a common thread, and that's just the lack of God in people's lives, the lack of rest in people's lives. You know, these children that go through such awful things, we could tell you story after story after story. Praise the Lord. Just being a pastor, I could tell you story after story after story of things that you wouldn't even believe. In fact, some of these things we were sharing with our kids yesterday as we were driving around, and we said to them, you know, not, not, not complete details or anything like that. We don't, you know, share people's secrets and stuff like that. But we were sharing stories and we we're saying this stuff is commonplace. You know, we have a stable life. We have a good life. My, you know, you take my, my, my daughter, uh, Ezra, specifically, who's serving in nursery, nursery today. Praise the Lord. Um, you, you know, you take her specifically. She hasn't known bad things, some of these awful things, these awful stories. And she, I mean, it would, it's mind-boggling to her that things could happen like this out there. But th these things are commonplace in the world. What people, and people are hurting people because people are hurt. And, you know, it's just perpetuating this thing. And so, so what we need to understand is God's rest because when we understand God's rest, then we take God's rest into the world. And that's what he has endeavored for us to do. And we don't just do it by what we say. We do it by how we live. When we're not moved because of the trials, the things that come up, the pandemics, the, you know, the, the different uh, things that the government's doing or not doing or whatever, the different snowstorms and stuff like that, you know, or different, you know, hurricanes or whatever it is, we don't have to be moved by those things. Amen? Rest is not just something that we get. And so I want, to, uh, I, I want to encourage you with this, that as you, you hear this message, don't just think, oh, this is another thing that, that God gives us in the sense that it's just something else we get. It's something else we can add to the shelf or add to the, 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 the menagerie of things, the, uh, the, 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 the thing that we can you know, put on the shelf and just file away as another blessing of God. It's not just something we get, but it's a requirement of faith. It's a required measure of faith because faith is not faith without rest. Because rest is a state where you get into a place of trusting God so much that there's nothing that will move you off of that person. That, my friends, is true godly rest. God said that his just ones shall live by faith. Faith is impossible without rest. You know, sometimes I've learned this and I've put it to practice in my life. And, and you can do this. This is a wonderful thing about godly principles is you can take these principles and put them to, to practice in, in things that seem so little. Sometimes I'm just doing a little project. I'm working on it for myself, doing it because I wanted to. And I'm getting frustrated with the project because it's not going the way that I wanted it to go. But I've learned something about this. I've learned something about life, and that's that God wants me to rest. Yeah. And so sometimes the rest is just being okay with the fact that things aren't working out exactly the way that I want them to be. Right. And I'm just going to trust him. And I turn my eyes to heaven and say, Father, I trust you. I believe you. I believe that you take care of me. You've never left me or forsaken me. He says, speak to the Father when things are rough. And that opens the door for me to step in in faith. And when I step in in faith, you know what I find? I find joy comes on me in the midst of trial. I find that I start feeling lifted up instead of depressed. You know, we were talking about this also with our kids, that all depression really is. Depression is, a, is it's an anchor that takes you into the blackness that's in the inside of you, the darkness that's in there. Do you know what I mean? The darkness that you feel, if you've ever been depressed, you know exactly what I mean. 
Uh, if you've been sad, you have an idea of it. But if you've been truly depressed, it's like an anchor and that thing just sucks you down in further and further and further. I remember one time when I was on a, uh, a specific uh, bender and I was, I was in incredibly depressed and suicidal and I left work and I went to this bar, I went to this local bar and I, 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 uh, I uh, put in my, uh, I, you know, started ordering the drinks that I was ordering and, 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 and I put in my um, coins in the jukebox and I played this one song over and over and over again. And the reason that I played this song over and over and over again is because it was, it, it was speaking to that darkness that was on the inside of me and there was just a swirl that went downward and further and further and deeper and deeper you know and it was only by the grace of God that I've been lifted out of these things it's only by the grace of God that I've seen through to the other side but the grace of God is a real thing and it's accessible to everybody but it's only accessible by faith and what that is is when you decide you've had enough of this life and you take hold of who God is and you take hold of what God wants in your life. It doesn't mean that you have to quit everything. It doesn't mean, listen, I'm not saying, well, yeah, we can't, we can't live a true godly life and live in sin. But, but we give up those things because we enter into something that's so much better. Living a life with God is not sad. It's not like not fun. Living a life with God is exciting. It's the only true excitement, but the world would have you think that it's not. But look where the world lives. The world doesn't have answers. They don't know what to do. They try once in a while, and sometimes, you know, even they say a blind squirrel finds a nut. Uh, praise the Lord. But uh, we understand this about the world, that by and large, you don't want to go to any of them for advice because they can't get it figured out either. But God, but God, but God, amen? Entering rest. Praise the Lord. The other night, the Lord woke me up. Uh, you know, as he has been doing in recent times often. And it was really interesting. This was another part of this message that I didn't realize. But the Lord started talking to me and kind of recapping the last year. And it was interesting how he did so. He did so in, 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 in it was uh, kind of, it was kind of like, uh, it was in poetry form is the way that it came. And I kept resisting it at first because I was like, this, this can't be God. And it just, it just flowed. And it wasn't something I was sitting down and, and thinking about how to write, write this and make it rhyme, but it would just flowed out of my spirit. And you know, I, I, it took the wisdom of my wife to help me with it later because I shared it with her uh, early that morning. And, and, and as I came to her, she said, that's just Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's what that is. And I was like, well, yeah, the Bible says that, doesn't it? You know, it's like that, that's exactly what it was. And I realized that, you know, a lot of these hymns that we have came out of that. But I'm going to give you a snippet of one of them because I didn't realize that that whole thing God was setting me up partially for this service. Amen. And so I'm going to just share with you uh, what, what, what came to me in the spirit. It was just four lines. Praise the Lord. Um, I heard in my spirit, thorough and full, my man of God rests overcoming in peace all of life's tests. And when you stand tall in front of my throne, I will say to you, well done, well done, well done. God's desire for all humanity is to be at rest. Yeah. That when we stand before him, when we stand in front of him, that we stand in front of him uh, with assurance. And assurance, again, is another thing that only comes when we are in rest. Amen? And so how do we enter this rest? That's a big question, right? How do we get to this place? The place that we get to this is convincing ourselves of the truth that we already believe. If we believe the word, then we know that we have to embrace the word. 
And see, this is the difference. This is the thing. Like, there's a lot of people, you know, there's, there's people that we're still trying to convince that the word of God is true. And, and, and that's, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a task for Christians sometimes. We have to trust the Spirit of God to help us with that. We can't make people believe. Have you ever realized that yet? You can't make anybody believe something that they just don't want to believe. But once you are called a believer, you have to embrace what being a believer is. And a believer is one who believes. Now, a believer is not just because I said it. Don't believe anything I say if I don't bring it out of the word. Don't, don't build your life on anything I say. Don't practice anything I say unless it can be founded in word. If we can found, find it in, in scripture and in doctrine, if we can build something on it and test, you know, test it, have a test, praise the Lord, then we can trust it and we can run with it. But rest comes to the believer when we settle in our hearts that God is just truth. That his word is just truth. Instead of finding ways to skirt around the word and find ways that we can uh, put the word off or resist the word or just kind of, you know, wait uh, for things to happen. Uh, instead of doing that, let's practice believing the word. Yeah. Let's practice putting the word to practice. Amen? And one of the ways that we do that is when trial comes, what does the word say? The word says that I have never left you nor forsaken you. So that's a good place to start. And the word says to us that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. And so we know that he's never left us nor forsaken us because we believe the word, right? And we know that God's presence is with the people that are praising him. And so if those things are true, it sounds like we have something to praise God for. And when we have something to praise God for, and we activate our mouth to get in line with what we already know is true, because I haven't got to convince you right yet that the word is true, unless there's someone in here that doesn't quite believe, and we'll get you there, amen, if you want. Praise the Lord. Uh, but, uh, you, you, you know, if I haven't convinced you yet, or if, I, if we are not convinced that the word is true, we, we have an, an issue. Because the very foundation for the thing, see, one of the problems that's happened in church over the years is that man has gotten so involved in church that it's become man's idea. And what you see is you say, oh, that's just their idea, just their idea. When we, under, when we have to understand, we don't come here to hear me. We don't come here to hear my wife. We don't come here because it's a family church. We don't come here because there's a cross on the wall or there's any other thing going on. We don't come here because there's a lot of cars in the parking lot. We don't come here because there's no cars in the parking lot. We come because our hearts are to access God. Yeah. Our hearts are to access heaven. We want to be partakers of who he is. And I've got good news for you on this Christmas morning that God has provided not just a way for you to partake of who he is, but he has provided for you the way to partake of that. The only way. And so the, the, the greatest thing about this is that there is no other way, but there is a way. And that way is not difficult. That way is summed up in five letters that we understand in the English language that spell the word Jesus. Hallelujah. And what he did for us. What, the doors that he opened for us. We say, you know, that was the problem all along. See, Christians today, they're, say, they're looking at things and they're saying, I can't, I don't know how, I don't know what we're going to do. And that's because they stopped looking at the door. They're looking at the wall. But if you want to go on the other side of the wall, you've got to go through a door. And it just so happens that we've been given a door, one door. We don't need many doors 
Because if you have one door that accesses everything, you don't need another door that accesses a little. Just walk through the door that's been provided for you. The freedom that God has given us to walk through that door is astounding. And so many of us, so often we're tempted to just not walk through it. You know, this year for me, glory to God in many ways, has been one of the most difficult years of my life. I, actually, I could tell you this, that if I wasn't in the place of faith that I am today, that this year by far was the most difficult year of my life. But I have also don't think that I have ever had a more joyous year in my entire life. And that's because the grace of God meets faith. Now, when I say faith, don't look at me as some great faith giant because I'm no different than you. When I have problems that rise up in front of me, I want to quit. When I have trials that bog me down, I want to quit. I want to sink. I'm not the one, you know, I'm the one. I remember when, uh, uh, I remember I had this, this friend in school. We were doing this, it was early on, and I was never athletic or anything like that. And where it was this, this, this tr kind of track meet, school track meet. I don't really, I was in uh, elementary school or middle school. I, I guess at the time back then our schools did it a little bit differently. So I was about sixth grade, what is that, middle school? Yeah. See, our schools were different, though, the way they did it. I could explain that later, but I'm not going to. Well, I might, might later, but if you want. But at any rate, I'm not going to explain it now. But, uh, uh, but at any rate, I, was, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't over, overly, like, you know, fit or anything like that. And we had this thing, and they're like, we're going to go up to Washington Middle School, and we're going to run around the track, and they're going, to, they're going to time us. And four laps around the track was a mile. I looked at that track and I thought, man, one lap is quite a long ways, but uh, four laps. And I had this friend that I said, he, I think he, he may have even convinced me, his name was Ricky. I, I think Ricky won, uh, convinced me to do it. And I said, okay, I'll do it. But like, you got to promise to stay with me no matter what, because I can't run. I'm not like, you know, I knew that about myself, that I wasn't uh, uh, any kind of long distance runner or anything. And it was about to be proven true. <laughs> Amen. And so when I got up there, we got up there. He was going to stay right with me, right? And they you know, did whatever they did to set us off running. I don't remember all that. I just remember taking off and seeing Ricky zoom by me. And I never saw Ricky again. He just kept going. I mean, oh, maybe when he lapped me, you know what I mean? But I remember, I can't remember how far or how many times it got around that, but I remember I just quit and started walking. I just, I was like, I can't run anymore and I'm not going to try. I mean, I probably could have if anybody had taught me about endurance in that area, but nobody had and I didn't uh, seek, seek to get into it at that moment. So instead of having endurance, but you, you, you got to understand the reason I give you that story is because that is the hallmark of my life. Yeah. Try really hard for a minute and then quit really quick afterwards. But you know, the Lord looked down at me and said, I can use this fool for something. I can use this weakness for something. And the Bible tells us that he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And the wise today are confounded. Praise the Lord. And, you know, he uses the base things to, to, to show his glory. Praise the Lord. And that's exactly what God is doing. But he's not just doing it in me. He wants to do it in you as well. And the choice is, do we enter in by faith? Do we enter in in rest? That's what rest is. Rest is saying, you know what? Uh, I, I can't do it, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And so I trust him too. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It means I'm going to cease from striving. Yeah. we got to get into this, right? Praise the Lord. Genesis 2.2, 2, I just want to pull it up here, and just uh, in case you don't believe me about rest, what did God do on the seventh day? It says, by the seventh day, God had completed his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day, 
from all his work which he had done. And we know according to scripture that the seventh day has not ended. The seventh day, we're still in the seventh, the seventh day. What does that mean? We're still in God's rest. You know, some Christians are thinking, man, if God would only create a money tree, that would help me significantly. But here's the thing. God never created a money tree, and he's not about to because God creates nothing new right now. And you know why God creates nothing new right now? Because he's in the seventh day. He's resting. And the reason he's in resting is because he's showing us something by faith. Does God get tired? Nope. Does he get exhausted? Nope. Does he slumber? Does he sleep? Does he take naps? He doesn't do any of those things. In fact, a lot of times you're sleeping and he's still trying to tell you something. Amen? So God never sleeps. He never rests in the sense of he's never, you know, just taking a break. But what it's talking about is faith. It's talking about resting in faith and God was showing us an example of what he wanted us to do. He's saying everything, what's saying, being said to us here back in the, in the early works of Genesis, we're going to see this apply in the New Testament too, but what was being said here at the very onset of things, God was saying to us, look, I've made everything that's needed. In fact, he told Adam and Eve, didn't he? He said, everything you need is in the garden. It's in God's garden. Listen, God's garden may not be in a specific location anymore, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It exists in the heart of the believers. God's garden is always with us, if you believe. And so if we understand that, he said, I've given you everything that you need. Don't go looking for what you don't. But see, so much in life, what people are doing is they're trying to create in their lives what they don't have, and they're missing what God has already provided. They're missing what God has already given. The way we enter rest is when we are believers that we act like believers. Lord, I trust you. When the, uh, I often share this, uh, when, the, when the pandemic first happened, and I know we're a few years by that, but I, I use this because it was such great lessons for me in faith. Uh, actually, I didn't know faith before that. I'll just be honest with you. I thought I did, but I didn't. I had no clue what faith looked like until I, we were thrust into this, this craziness that happened and it's still affecting the world. And uh, one of the things that I remember looking at was I look at the church like, what are we going to do if we close down, if, if people don't come? I mean, I believe that we're doing a good work, but here's the reality of a good work. If everybody's out of work, nobody has money and nobody can pay the bills, nobody can do the things, how on earth are we ever going to do what we're called to do? I had two churches in two different states who were doing two different things. And I have to figure out how to feed these people with the word. I had to figure out how to do all this. And I, and I, and I remember going before the Lord and saying, Lord, I can't do this. I don't know what to do here. I was thankful at that point that we didn't have a church of 3,000 people. Because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with, 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 with the, the, the group that we have, much less all these numbers. I didn't know what I was going to do. But I remember that the Lord inspired my heart to put it off on him and said, Lord, and I said, spoke out to him. I was in my basement. I was working on my closet and I spoke out to him. I said, Lord, if you want these churches to exist when this thing is all over, then you have to take care of it. And I am taking my hands off of it. I will do what you call me to do. I will be faithful to my call, but I'm not worrying about it anymore. And that was one of the first times that I entered into true faith. One of the first times I entered into truth faith. And you know something? We not, only, we not only lasted, but we prevailed. We have a church of people, and that's why I was thanking you all earlier, because we have a church of people that when I look around, I see people that truly love one another. 
that if I needed something or if you needed something, we could call on each other to help. I see people that come together and are excited to be here Christmas morning. Praise the Lord. I mean, if you all lied to me, you really were good at lying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because people just were seemed joyful to be here. And it, and it encouraged me to be here. But pastoring is like that. When we had the, the, the you know, when we had the, the, the luncheon, we got together at the luncheon and, you know, people stayed an hour. That was great. But when we went two hours, that was interesting. When we made it to three hours, I'm thinking, man, something good is going on here. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And people want. And I remember I said, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm just looking for my sister. Is she here today? I don't think she's here today, but that's okay. Praise the Lord. Um, uh, she's online? Aaron's online. Glory to God. We love you, Aaron. Uh, but I, I remember saying, I was sitting there saying, I was like, man, I, I sure hope I didn't make you guys feel like you had to stay. And she said, Pastor, if we didn't want to be here, we wouldn't have wanted to say it. And you know what? That spoke to me. I'm like, you know something? That's true. That's absolutely true. And so it was like, you know, it was just like there was no obligation there. But that's, that, that's the environment that we, that we do this thing in. Praise the Lord. And so what an awesome thing that we have right here in Mayville, New York. Not only did we survive, we thrive. Hallelujah. People have been getting blessed. I've heard different areas where people have been blessed and increased and different things have changed and doors open for them. Why? Because God is good. And if it hasn't happened for you, you just keep being faithful and it will. Amen. Praise the Lord. But that's what entering rest is. Rest looks like when you're like, all hell's breaking loose. I don't know what I'm going to do. But you trust him anyways. Why? Because I don't know about you, but if I go back to my former life, which wasn't too far in the past, but it was back there, and I can, I can still see it in the rearview mirror, so to speak. And because I was so acquainted with my past, when I look in the rearview mirror, even though it's not completely clear, I remember what it was like. God reminds me, and that's what was happening to me this morning. That's why I was so emotional. Not because, not because of the certain words or the certain way, but I was reminded of what God has done in my life, what he continues to do in my life, how he's raised me up out of things that I had no way out of, that he created a way. And if I can't rest in that for the future, there's nothing he can do for me that will make me rest. If we can't rest in what God has already done, there is no place of rest for us to be found or to be found by us. Amen. Amen. God rested because he completed his work. Notice it said he completed his work. Hallelujah. We know this about Jesus, that, that Jesus coming was ordained before the foundations of the earth. It said he completed his work. Now, there was a walking of it out, but that was already set in motion. You know, Jesus coming was planned in the garden, was before the garden. It was already there. Amen? So even though man hadn't had the chance to sin, he had already, listen to this, folks. He had already provided a way out of it. Sin separated man from God, period. That's what it did. That's what it does. Sin separates you from God. But thousands of years ago, and I'm not going to quote how many, say how many thousands, but it was many thousands of years ago, that God, uh, that, that, that God did all this work. Actually, if you, if, 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 well, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to get into that today because I opened a can. But uh, it was a long, long time ago. Let's just say that. Okay, it was a long time ago. He, he had already done it. He had already set things in motion to work to bring us the salvation. But it's a choice. Amen? Turn with me to Hebrews. I can finally open my Bible. Hebrews chapter 4. 
You know, and I started in Hebrews chapter 4, I started with one verse. And then I, 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 you know, I always like to put things in context, so I went and went around in the area looking, you know. Um, and uh, I, 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 I get back to another verse, and I'm thinking, man, that's, i got to put that in there. And then I get back to another, oh, that's good, i got to put that in there. And so we, pretty soon we get a dozen verses. Praise the Lord to help us out. Amen. I can't find Hebrews. There it is. Hebrews 4. <laughs> it's funny because it's one of the books I'm in probably the most. One of the, the few I'm in the most. But Hebrews 4.1. Read to verse 12. It says, Therefore let us fear if, while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. Look at the scripture. So the only fear that we should fear is not entering that rest. Because the promise is still there. The promise of the rest. This is hearkening back to God's promise. And you know what's interesting is God reminded his people always of this promise. All through the Old Testament, you see him reminding them of the promise of rest. The promise of rest. But he says, let us fear while a promise remains of entering his rest. You shouldn't fear the, the, the trial that you're going through. You shouldn't fear the opposition that comes at you. What you need to fear is not being in faith about it. Why? Because if you're not in faith about the promises of God, they don't apply to your life. If you don't embrace the truth of God, it doesn't help your life. The grace of God will bring things in and throw you a bone every once in a while just to wake you up. And really, maybe sometimes God should throw the bone a little bit harder so it hits you inside the head. You know what I'm saying? We all need that sometimes, right? Praise the Lord. But, uh, but the grace of God will, will bring us a bone that we, that, that, that we couldn't even, because we couldn't even see it. You know, my life, my life, just so you know, I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on me. Because my life is like bone after bone after bone that God had thrown to me. And me just like, oh, no, oh, oh. And finally, one, you know, one did hit me in the head and it woke me up a little bit. Praise the Lord. So we need to fear of not entering his rest thinking that we are the ones that could come short of it. So the rest of God is promised. The rest of God is promised. It's a promise. I promise. Yeah, You ever have somebody promise something and you know they're going to lie to you? But have you ever had people promise you something and you say, I know I can believe them? That if they they shirked on their promise, you'd be like, you know, that that completely surprised me. I was not waiting for that. Amen? But see, God never shirks on his promises. His promises are true and they're thorough. Praise the Lord. Remember what the Lord spoke to me. Thorough and full, my man of God rests. Thorough and full. Thorough and full. I'm thorough. I get, I get to walk in thorough rest and full rest. No matter what I'm doing. <clears throat> Hurricanes happening, full rest. Do you understand? This is why Jesus slept on the back of the boat. Yeah. Boat was sinking, filling with water. Jesus was asleep. The rest wasn't represent. It was represented by his slumber, his sleep. Yeah. But that's not what it was about. The fact that he could slumber and sleep in the midst of such storm is, is the understanding of where his heart was. Actually, if you understand that, that, that part of scripture, one of the things that happened before they got in the boat, Jesus said, let us get in the boat and go to the other side. Right? So he got in the boat with the expectation that he was going to the other side. The disciples got in the boat because Jesus said that's a step of faith. 
But there was more for them to do. See, the storm came. Some people thought, man, I just, there's a lot of people that don't even get in the boat, right? But there's a lot of people that get in the boat <coughs> and they're going down with the boat. I mean, they're just expecting it to sink. And Jesus was so convinced they were going to the other side, which is exactly why he said it. Amen? And this is what faith does in us. This is what rest does. Rest is getting us to the place where, you know what, when I'm in anxiety, I've always said this, anxiety is, a, is a, our first warning sign that we're out of faith. That's all it is. It's a warning sign. Anxiety isn't bad at first. It's good. Anxiety is needed because if we don't have anxiety, we don't know that we're out of faith. But as soon as we have anxiety, we need to deal with it. Doesn't mean you live in anxiety, right? I used to live in anxiety so much I'd get, get into what they call a panic attack. And when you have a panic attack, you just get taken out. You quit doing everything. You get locked up in a mental hospital, which happened to me twice. Praise the Lord. It doesn't happen to me anymore. I don't have panic attacks anymore. Why? Because I don't have anxiety like I did before because now I have this thing called faith and I can rest. Resting in what God has done for us. Amen? Praise the Lord. For indeed we have had, a good, had good news preached to us just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. And so we understand this. You, you, you can sit in church and hear the best word. Like, I could give you the best dissertation on faith, on anything, overcoming. I could teach you all about how Jesus has made you an overcomer and how he'll send angels to help you and bear you up so you don't even stumble. And he will just push you through. He will provide for you. He will do all these things in your life. I can, I can overemphasize this. I can spend days and weeks and months and years telling you about all the wonderful things that God can do for you. Yeah. But if you won't embrace it, You'll never see it. But once you do, you start to see it. It's that simple. It doesn't mean that we always go without trial. See, we, every time we have trial, we do what we always have done, humans. We go to that place of, I have trial, I must have missed it. No. You have trial because there's opposition. But you have a Savior for trial. You have a Savior for opposition. That's rest. Rest is like... Oh, you know why we get freaked out? Because we're still on our own ability. We're still looking for our own ability. We see something that we can't do, and we're like, oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. I remember I always use this example. Mark was young. Uh, we were, I was in a pool at my, I think it was my brother's house, and uh, I, was, I was calling to Mark to jump to me, and he was nervous. You know, he was just a little, little tot. Uh, he was, I was calling, come on, jump to me. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to miss you. I'm not going to drop you. And I'm not going to let you drown. And when that realization got in his head, he took the, lap, the leap. Yeah. Now this kid will jump into pools off of cliffs that I won't, <laughs> praise the Lord, without me there. But where does that faith come from? Because he had the knowledge on the inside of him somewhere that gave him the encouragement to do, yeah. praise the Lord. Yeah. And I believe that the Lord often brings that... Uh, that illustration up because of that. We need to put our rest in God and what he's, he won't let us, he's not going to let us sink. He's not going to let us fall if we trust him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, for, look at this. For we who have believed enter that rest. Just as he had said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And that's hearkening back to the Israelites. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. His works were finished. You have every reason to enter his rest. 
There's no reason not to. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. For he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all, from all his works. And again in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had the good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. He again fixes a certain day, today, saying through David, after so long a time, just as he has been uh, said before, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This is, the, this is another theme that's been drawn out through Scripture. Again, through the Israelites, through the early Christians, all the way to us, you know, through the prophets of the Old Testament, through the early Christians, through Jesus, and then all the way to us, the disciples and the apostles after Jesus had died, and you know, when we're getting the, the Bible written to us, praise the Lord. Today, if you will hear his voice, if you hear his voice, and that's the idea of what he's saying. If, you're going, if you will hear it. Remember, Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. And of course, we've been over that in recent times. You know, he who has ears to hear, let me hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Do you think the Spirit of God is on the inside of you going, you can't make it? Do you, I mean, honestly, if, if God created and, and, and provided the works from the foundation of the earth, do you think it's his Spirit going, you're, you're not going to do it this time? I'm sorry, you're not going to make it. So if it's not the voice of God you're hearing, why listen to it? Why embrace it? If it speaks against the word, it's not truth. Truth is only what's founded in Scripture. And what's founded in Scripture is that the voice of God will never say to you, you can't. The voice of God will never say to you, it's all over for your kind. The voice of God will never say, you're not going to make it. I don't know what you're going to do. Sure wish there was another Savior. It'll never happen. See, in those who believe, get to enter what God has for them. Those who continue to believe, continue to enter. Those who stop believing, well, you might still go to heaven. You just might go there quicker. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. And if you do, well, we'll rejoice when we get there and see you. But I, want, I don't want to just go to heaven. I want to go to heaven with fruit. Yeah. I want to go to heaven with something. Like, you know what I mean? I want to go to heaven having done something. Yeah. Right? Because heaven's going to be so much better than this, so we've got to take our focus off of this. And realize that when we get there, we want to go there with as much fruit as we can bring. Because we have to realize what this life is for. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, for he has... Uh, wait, where was I? Verse 7. Yes, verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. The reason the Sabbath was instituted was to remind us of our need to rest. Now, there is a the truth that, you know, when you cease from works, when you don't do something, there is a truth that you enter rest, not just because you're not working and laboring, but because you're not being busied with everything. Now, I, I could look in here. I know in here we have a lot of, uh, a, a, a lot of different trades represented here, a lot of different kinds of uh, uh, employment. Praise the Lord. But every one of you, regardless of your, your kinds of employment, you probably have something about your employment that when, it's, when, when you're activated in it, it's hard for you to really uh, focus on other things. 
It's hard for you to, to, to think about, uh, you know, the deep things of God. It may be hard for you to pray. It may be hard for you, right, when you're doing your job. Right. If uh, I, we don't have any surgeons in here, but if we had a surgeon in here, they're probably I mean, they might be whispering things to God as they're going, but they're probably not getting into great deep Bible studies and learning the word of God when when they're in that place. Right. So so we understand that there's a need for us to step away sometimes from the world and get into that place of 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 being mindful of God. Because when we get into when we learn how to get mindful of God uh, at least once a week. What happens in us is we start learning to get mindful of God when we need to be. But what our current world, what's happening in our current world is everybody is so consumed and so busy with everything that it, is, it has pushed them to the place where they, they have no time for God. And it's not even just that God is sitting there going, hey, listen, I want you to talk to me. God is sitting there going, you need to stop and rest and hear my voice because you're getting too worked up. Yeah. If you're getting all worked up about something, it shows you you're not in rest. And so you need to step back into rest and be okay with what God, who God is and what he's doing. Take a break. Let, it, let, let the thing pass. Praise the Lord. Let the storm blow over. Glory to God. You know what I mean? When it starts blowing real hard and they're talking about losing, losing power and stuff like that, it's okay. I just start looking at what furniture I'll burn first. You know what I mean? Find, just find something to burn first. Glory to God. That's why I've been trying to get a bigger dog, because if things really go south, just kidding. I'm just, just seeing if you're here with us. So. But I'm just telling you, if someone's going in her house, Cassie's the first to go. I mean, yeah, we love her, but, but she's got to... I'm just kidding. That's just a really bad Christmas joke. You're with me. Hallelujah. Chickens. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Where am I? I better get back on track here before I lose myself. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works. It doesn't mean that you're not doing anything. It means that you're resting from this, this work of trying to, 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 to get, get your life figured out and get it all, you know what I mean? As God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the, example of diso the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. What is it telling us? The truth of God that's given to us in his word is all the truth that we need. It's living and it's active. As we embrace his word, as we apply it to our lives, as we start following these things that we see, these, these little truths that we see in there, glory to God, as we start allowing God's word to transform our minds, amen, that it starts dividing things up, cutting things up, getting in there, hallelujah, piercing as far as division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow. And this is, this is just poetic form really is all this is, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What does that have to do with anything? Well, it ha helps us look at our life and say, you know what? What I'm doing here in this thing, this thing I've been worked up in, tell me if anybody can, uh, can, 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 can uh, uh, amen this, right? Praise the Lord. You ever been all wrapped up in something only to find out it was completely fruitless in the end? You ever done anything you just spent a lot of gobs of time on? got all the way to the end of it and you're like well that was a waste of time 
I can't tell you how many times I've done that. I've got projects all over that are like that. Amen. Some are buried. Some are not. Glory to God. But there's, there's all kinds of things like that in life, right? But see, the word of God helps us judge those thoughts and intents. You know, there's people that come up with intents. Sometimes they're for God. They think, oh, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this all for the kingdom of God. But they haven't balanced it with the word. They haven't allowed the word to saturate them yet. And, and what they do is they get off doing this thing and they, they realize, you know, one thing as a pastor, I'll just tell you the truth. I look around and I see town after town after town that needs, that needs good Bible teaching. I see, I, I see people in all kinds of places that need good Bible teaching. But I have to be careful not to think that I have to do all of that. Right? I need to do what I need to do. And the Word of God helps me with that. It teaches me that. It, it puts patience on the inside of me. It makes me not jump before I need to jump when I listen to it. Amen? Praise the Lord. So it's a, it, it, it's, it helps us judge the thoughts and tense of our heart. What are we doing? There's some people that make plans for God, but you know what? They, they can't happen for 20, 30 years. Well, you're not guaranteed that, that, that we'll be here next year. So if you're just planning, I'm not saying don't have future plans. Have future plans. But keep future plans in their place, yeah. not at prominence in your life. Future plans. If it, I'm just telling you, right, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, praise the Lord, this will help somebody. If you've got future plans that are down the road and that's the focus of your life, you're probably going to miss what's going on right now. Yeah? If they're the focus of your life. I'm not saying it's bad to have them. Some people are like, oh, when, you know, I'm 20, I want to do this when I'm 30. That's great. But even James tells us about that. He says, you know, don't, don't say I'm going to go into this year by itself or into this town and this next year and do this or that. He said, what is your life? It's but a vapor. You don't even know what you're going to do. You don't know what's going to happen next year. Sure. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. How many people made plans? And then all of a sudden, I, I know of uh, it was a, a, a business that we heard about. I think it was some kind of a restaurant or something. They opened, opened their dream restaurant. Had no idea knowing that this, this pandemic was going to take them out. They opened it just before it happened. They didn't, even, they didn't even have a chance to start. They, they invested all their money, their life savings, into opening this business, and it was done. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. God wouldn't let a ch child of God do that if they're following him. Right. I'm just saying. Yes. It's the truth. He won't let you make that kind of mistake if you follow him. But you, gotta be, you have to be willing to hear his voice and stuff. But, but entering his rest is so incredibly important. Praise the Lord. It's time to let go of what causes anxiety in our lives. Remember, anxiety in a believer, only in a believer, is a sign that you're stepping out of rest. The way I look at it, it's like a yawn. Right? You know you're tired. You know the kids are tired when they start yawning, right? Going 90 miles an hour, and all of a sudden there's that big, here we go, there's one right there. <laughs> Not to call you out, buddy, but I just saw it. It was perfect timing, amen? And then you play it. But you get that, it's like, okay, Pastor, the message is done. I know, no, I'm just kidding. He's not, not like that. But, uh, but you, you, you know, um, but seriously, little kids especially, you're like, okay, you know when they're tapped out because they're starting to yawn. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. In Caleb's life, it wouldn't be a yawn. It's just a head conk. <laughs> I like that. It's like instant. There's no warning. I remember there's been times if you've ever seen our, our posts, and Caleb's good with this, right? Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, you know, what choice do I have now, Dad? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for ruining my Christmas. Just kidding. Praise the Lord. But, but Caleb, we, we, I have a whole list of my, I have a whole list in my phone, a folder of, of, of pictures. They're called Caleb sleeping. 
and I stopped adding to it because I was running out of memory space. You know, it was just like, but there, there's just like, I, I've, I've been in the car with him at times and we've been driving and then all of a sudden I've been talking, you know, I look over and it's like, he's just like that, glory to God. That's a sign. Right? That's all it is. It is, a, it is a, uh, anxiety is a sign in to a believer that they're out of rest. It's not something to get worked up over. If you're getting worked up over your anxiety, what you're doing is you're taking it too far. You need to just step back and trust God. Right? Look at what's causing you the anxiety and say, okay, is this something I can do something about or not? If it's something you can do something about, then do something about it. If it's something you can't, hey, we are right smack dab in the perfect place to talk about things you can't do anything about because most of us are probably going to go somewhere later on with a whole bunch of people, <laughs> glory to God, that we don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I remember I was in the shower, it wasn't that long, I was in the shower this morning and I wasn't thinking spiritual thoughts, I was thinking about, well, what, how am I going to react if this person says this? How am I going to react if this person says this? You know what the Lord reminded me of? Don't worry about any of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter, what does it matter? You can't control what they do anyways. You can only control what you do, Amen. Praise the Lord. But we get worked up, worked up, worked up. And, and getting worked up, it's a progression out of faith. That's all it is. When you, when you start getting worked up, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? About, you, you understand that's a blanket statement for anything that you could ask, what are we going to do, right? Praise God. We're going to finish early today. We are going to finish early because I am closing right here. Psalm 84, verses 11 and 12. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. That means he's light and protection. What, what do we need light and protection? What, what does light and protection do? Light illuminates our way. The protection keeps us safe while we go on it. Hey, but what else do you need? Light and protection. The Lord God gives grace and glory. Hallelujah. What's grace and glory? Grace is God's ability, which we don't have. Praise the Lord. I need that. You need that. Glory is the, is the uh, praise the Lord. Glory is the, the display of the gift. Amen? The, the glory is, is when something is brought to the forefront that says, uh, you know, look how beautiful this is. We're, this is prime. We're going to put this up on a shelf. We're going to make this something. That's exactly what God's glory is. God's glory in our lives is the fruit that's being produced in our lives. No good thing with him. If you even understood how good this scripture is, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. From those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. That word trust, again, could be also used as rest, because trust is just that. When you trust somebody, you rest. It's easy. You, you, you just step into it. Amen? How blessed is the man who trusts in you? Well, I'll just tell you, for this man, I was driving down here today, and as I was just driving down the road, I'm looking at how pretty the snow is. I'm, I'm thankful for the vehicle that I have to get me around, but I'm, I'm I, even more than all of that stuff, I'm thinking, Lord, what have you done in my life? All the things that you've done for me, all the, all the ways that you take care of us and that you bless us, that you've increased us. And when I mean increase, I'm not talking about finances and stuff like that. I'm thankful for all that. But I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the increase in my life, the joy, the family that I have, the extended family that I get. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like I, I, this, this, this beautiful young woman here, I get, to, I get to call her daughter. And you know, the, the Bible promises that. It promises that, that we'll gain, praise the Lord. If she gets to call me dad, she doesn't even call me pastor. How many get to call me that? Amen? You know, not that 
you necessarily would want to, but you know what I'm just saying, that I think it means something to her. I, I think that because she shows me that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we gain because we, 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 because we follow Christ. We gain this, this, this wonderful group of believers to be able to embrace and to love. Hallelujah. That's who we are. And, and God, God pours out in our lives and has poured out and has provided the pour out simply out of his love. Not because we've done anything, but when we embrace it, when we rest and trust in it, then the doors open for us to truly walk in it. Amen? So as I end this year with y'all, and I'm so thankful that I got to end this, this, this service. It's our last service here in Mayville for this year. I want you guys to be encouraged. And I want you to, to, to walk at this new year with a heart of resting in God. I'm going to be in God's rest this year. And if I get out of it, I'm going to work to step back into it. Let's be a reminder to each other to enter the rest of God. Because as we do so, God will continue building in his people the things that he's preordained, the things that he set aside for us. See, here's the thing. In rest, you know, you, you can be out of faith and not walk in anything of God. But when you're in the rest of God, there is no devil in hell that can keep you out of what he has for you. Amen?